It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And since it's a road game, we have the whole crew in studio, the CHGO White Sox beat. Vinny Duber is on the far left. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's a CHGO White Sox community leader. We are joining you after a White Sox win. 9-6 out in Seattle. They take the series. It is their third straight series win. And I hate to tell you this, but this is the first time since the opening three series that they have won three consecutive series in a row. They are now 69 and 68 on the year. And I will ask you this, is this the White Sox biggest win of 2022? Yes, it is the biggest win. Multiple reasons why that is. You were down early to a pitcher that was dominating a top of the level pitcher for nothing to that team. And not only did you claw back and, tie that game you went over and crushed that guy for six runs only I think three of those runs were earned because the AU Haney Suarez air and then when they ultimately tied you back up you found a way to scratch over a couple other runs by putting pressure on the other team and letting them making mistakes so yes this is the biggest win for the White Sox and some of the moves I thought were poor but they happen to work out for the White Sox today. So, yes, to this point, the 69th win is the White Sox best win. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll agree. I'll give kind of a boring, neutral answer there at the same time. It is the biggest win of the year until the next one. Right. I mean, that's what, life in, that's what life in a playoff race is, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys talking, you guys were talking before the game about how important this game was. You guys were calling it a must-win for the reason of they need to keep pace with the teams in front of them. And certainly in that aspect, it's true. It, it's not a must win in my mind until things start really, you know, it's not a must win until the math says it's a must win. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're in, a pl- you're in a playoff race. And so every win is really important. This is September. There's three teams going for this AL Central title. Uh, it's very important for the White Sox to keep winning. Uh, and so, yeah, this is the biggest win uh, of the season for the White Sox uh, today. 
And if they win tomorrow, that'll be the biggest win because you got to keep doing this all the way to the end of the year. That's fair. Very yeah. much like Tom Brady. What's the, your favorite ring? The next one. Uh, what's your favorite win? The next one. Uh, very, very much a, a competitive edge there from Vinny Tuber with that answer. Uh, Sox are now two and a half games back in the AL Central. The Twins lost game one of their doubleheader versus the Yankees in a very, very long game. Uh, so watch out for uh, 655 when game two starts off. The Sox and Twins could be tied if the Twins lose that game. The Guardians will take on the Royals later tonight. It's Zach Granke on the bump for the Royals. And then for the Guardians, it's Cody Morris, who has not made many starts. So they're kind of having a bullpen game. So the Sox could be two games back uh, after this. And it's now the Twins versus the Guardians this weekend. The Sox have four games against Oakland uh, this weekend. So a very big series for the Sox. We did see and talk a little bit in the pregame show about the Sox in Oakland 2-12 2-12 and 12 since July 4th of 2017. This is obviously a different A's team. That A's team made it to the playoffs in 2020. Uh, ended up knocking the White Sox. Liam Hendricks uh, famously striking out the Sox and knocking them out of playoff contention in 2020. Uh, how are you feeling about that A's game? And we said it was a must-win today, Herb. Now, does that take a little bit of pressure off the Sox? Can they just split this series in Oakland? Do they need to take three of uh, a four? What are you? How are you viewing it? They're a far superior team than Oakland A's, and you got your ace going to the bump tomorrow. And you read off the names of those Oakland A's pitchers that are going to the bump for them. None of them scare me. None of those guys should be able to do anything versus this team. And the White Sox have to have confidence after seeing what Luis Castillo was doing to them today with his slider, his fastball, and, of course, his changeup, and then getting to him and punishing him for a bunch of runs. There should be no pitcher that intimidates them and especially when they see this it's like okay it's time to get our stats right now you know not just win this game stump a mud hole into the Oakland A's you got Dylan C so he's giving you ultimate confidence that you're going to go out there and grab a dub because he's going to shove and it's a big pitcher's ballpark out there at Oakland so three out of four is the minimum you should get out there versus the A's you got two out of three when they're here in Chicago it was a tough, gritty, scrappy series, but they did win the two out of three games. Three out of four should be the minimum. And well, you have three of your four best pitchers as well. Uh, you have Cease, Giolito, and Lynn. Uh, and, and, uh, or, uh, Cueto, Lynn, and Cease. Uh, Giolito's the other pitcher in, in, in that series as well. And remember where Lucas uh, almost threw that perfect game in the playoffs uh, that, uh, a couple of years back. That was the going back to the scene of the crime there. But, um, <laughs> you know, hey, I did just give the, uh, the, the baseball man answer of talking about the next one, but... Let's look back on this this series because look what the White Sox just did in Seattle compared to what the Cleveland Guardians just had to do yep. against the Seattle Mariners. Uh, they uh, had that, what, I mean, I think it wasn't very long ago where we were talking about the White Sox being six games out of first place. Uh, that has been narrowed considerably, mostly because the Guardians couldn't do what the White Sox did against this same Mariners team. Uh, Seattle, I think, has been like the best team in baseball yeah. since June or, so, or sometime in June, something like that, uh, for the White Sox to go out and not only be competitive, but take two of three is, is a big deal, I think. I, I think it was post-All-Star break, the Mariners had the best record and the third best ERA uh, in, in the American League as well. So the White Sox only having one game where they get shut out. Uh, and then you look at Monday, they have two home runs, gives them a 3-2 win. Uh, the bullpen that they paid for, you saw Graveman, you saw Hendricks really close it down. Lance Lynn, uh, their starter, really give them the win on Monday. Uh, not able to get home runs on Tuesday and Wednesday. It really felt like the White Sox weren't going to get any hits. And then Aloy Jimenez came up. Uh, let's take you through today's game and we'll recap the series a little bit. Let's start off with Luis Castillo because, man, it really didn't feel like... like I, I had you 
a little worried there that oh my, my prediction God. about uh, Luis Castillo's no-hitter uh, was going to happen because he struck out the first seven White Sox that he faced, tying an American League record. It's a historic day, Vinny. Uh, (laughs) historic day for Luis Castillo. Uh, The Obama's presidential portraits were revealed and and also Luis Castillo with some strikeouts in the Mariners game. Um, At what point did you feel comfortable, Herb? Or at what point did you feel like uh, maybe this isn't going to be the White Sox day because Luis Castillo looked real dominant early? He did, and I was like, okay, he has already filthy stuff. And the White Sox, for a team, they don't think they strike out a whole bunch but they were not seeing him early and it wasn't the shadows it was a clear day they could see him exactly how they needed to and they were like okay this is just some filthy stuff his fastball is right up in 98 his slider was moving and his changeup was doing the thing because it's filthy comes out the same slot and it looks like a fastball up until you swing way over the top of it so I was scared after that first uh, round through the um he like got the first what nine or ten out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is going to be a tough day. But I know the White Sox eventually will get a single. If if anything, the White Sox can do, they can single you to death, and they lead the league in, in batting average for a reason. I was getting worried initially. I don't think when uh, A. U. Haney Suarez and the Mariners scored a bunch of runs, I was like, okay, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the White Sox offense. And now this pitcher who's dominated the whole game. Game over. I pretty much said game over right when I heard the back crack and I saw how ball, how far that ball went with Eugenio Suarez. Yeah, so after Castillo sets down nine straight, he ended up walking uh, Andrus uh, at the top of the fourth to end the perfect uh, game bid. But in the bottom of the third, Michael Kopech looked really good. He was mm-hmm. hitting his velocities early on. He was getting up to 95. First inning really felt like he had control of everything. He looked really healthy. And then in the bottom of the third, he walked Kirk Gasali to lead off the inning, mm-hmm. then got J.P. Crawford to strike out swinging. And then and Julio Rodriguez came up, uh, the guy that hasn't been a huge problem in the White Sox side this series, but he was a big problem in the bottom of the third. I want to go to the uh, graphic for this at-bat because Michael threw three pitches in this at-bat, all sliders, didn't find the grip on the first one, threw it in the dirt, then got the called strike, and we saw on the broadcast uh, kind of he threw it, and you can see him like mimicking how you you know finish a slider, basically being like, oh, I found that pitch. And he basically did, because you see the next pitch, he throws the slider again, hits the same spot. The issue, Julio Rodriguez, as you mentioned, Herb, very damn good at baseball, saw that shit coming, and hit it 110 feet, uh, double driving in Casale, making it one nothing. Then Ty France reached on an infield single. Then Mitch Hanniger uh, hit a sacrifice fly to score Julio Rodriguez, and then uh, that made it 2 nothing. and then... Eugenio Suarez drove in France on that home run. So the Mariners led four to nothing, and yeah, it felt like it was completely over after Castillo just set down the White Sox as he did nine straight. Absolutely ridiculous. But then Andrus walks, Jose Abreu comes up, he grounds into a fielder's choice. It feels like it's going to be a double play. White Sox are gonna go one, two, three again. But Jose Abreu, just like he did uh, this past weekend to win the White Sox the game uh, against Minnesota, beats out that uh, uh, play, gets on first base, keeps the inning alive for Aloy Jimenez, and he hits an absolute moonshot uh, off Luis Castillo, and that kind of broke it open for the Sox. A huge homer for Aloy off the slider, and you love just how far it went. And the thing is, like, they called Jose Abreu out initially on the field. The umpire called him out. And, of course, we were here, and we saw it live. I think both me, you, and Vinny said, he's safe. It looks safe to, on, on, on the live play. And then, of course, he was safe by, you know, bang, bang play. And that's the hustle that you need there. And Jose Abreu beating that play out is a 
huge victory for the White Sox because you see the next pitch. He hangs a slider, and Aloy does not miss it. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Rocky IV when initially Drago's just kicking the shit out of Rocky, and he's beating him up. And then eventually Rocky hits him, and he starts bleeding. And this corner man's like, he's not a machine. He's a man. He's a man. And that's what I felt, that same thing. Like, yes, you're still down 4-2, to two, but when Aloy hit that home run, I was like, he murdered that pitch. And I'm sure the White Sox are like, man, he killed that dude. He's not immortal. He's not out there just uh, to get a no-hitter against us. He's a man. Let's crush that dude. And then the White Sox defeated communism. The end of this game, right? And Gorbachev died this week. Oh. Rest in peace. Right. Right. No, I shouldn't rest in peace. Sam, fuck Gorbachev. He was no. He was a good guy. No, I mean he won Nobel Peace Prizes. Yeah, get out of here. All right. All right. Wow. Maybe. Heard with some strong takes on uh, Soviet premiers. <laughs> <laughs> Nobel Peace Prizes. Get the fuck out of here if you're uh, in the Nobel. Herb doesn't want your damn prize. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, Kopech. Ends up getting pulled after 74 pitches. Got into a little bit of trouble in the bottom of the fourth. Had some runners on, and we heard Miguel Cairo say his pitch limit would be about 75 to 80. He got pulled at 74 with runners on. Well, I and the mind. defense's fault, though. I oh, mean, yeah. he should have been out of that inning before that. He might have even had a, a chance to start the next one, but defense kept the inning going. He hit that limit, and it was it was a, a scary jam for the White Sox there for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Kurt Casale hit a ball to Josh Harrison. Harrison couldn't field, uh, kept that inning alive. Then J.P. Crawford doubled to uh, left, moving Casale to third. So runners on second and third. Kopech got into a little bit of a jam. Did you like going to, uh, I was going to say Julio Rodriguez, he ended up being up at the plate uh did you like going to jose ruiz at that point i didn't like it but i think i turned to you i was like who else who else can we go to in the fourth inning right here at this point it's really early there was i don't know anybody available at that time jose ruiz does not have a a great year but he's had great stretches he got the job done in that situation but there's not a lot you can do there for uh cairo and i'm sure he's getting help with eli uh, uh eli um uh, cats and eat the cats and he's getting him counsel and saying hey man jose's been looking good in the bullpen he can probably get some people out and he looked good today so i you know they had a pitch limit i'm glad they stuck to it and it's not a real ideal situation to go to jose ruiz right there but that's the only guys you could go to today well, you know <laughs> what that situation is screaming for is Vince Velasquez. True. Um, but where did Vince <laughs> but Velasquez But he was being come- saved for some much more important work. Yeah, uh, well, we'll talk about that. We can honestly have a bullpen discussion right now uh, before we uh, uh, before we get into that, though. Let's go to the Super Chats. Our guy Nathan Sheba. Uh, always rep. I think he's a third baseline. I always see him posting photos of uh, him, him down the third baseline. So Nathan says, Herb, that reference to Rocky is brilliant. Gorby, not so much, but I still love you. Um, can you name any other uh, leaders of the USSR? Oh, you could probably name all of them. Yeah, Lenin, uh, Stalin, guy in there now, Putin. He sucks. <laughs> it's not the USSR anymore. I mean, pretty much <laughs> acting like it. <laughs> Dick. Any other ones? Any other ones? Uh, Khrushchev? Ah, Brezhnev, perhaps? Look at this guy over here. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this guy Russian <laughs> history. <laughs> I mean, they're famous. They're famous folks. They're famous enough. All right. Uh, and our guy, Eli Stein, uh, coming in with the Israeli new shekels, dropping a 69.90 for the wins. 
of 69 wins. Yeah, 69 <laughs> wins. Nice. Uh, thank you, Eli, for uh, for dropping that. Uh, but, yeah, Jose Ruiz comes in in the bottom of the fourth inning. Like Vinny said, that might have been a good spot for Vince Velasquez, who came in in the eighth inning uh, when it was a tie ball. Or, one uh, run. It was a one run lead for the one, Sox. One run lead yep. for the Sox. It was 7-6. to six. Thank you. Uh, one run lead for the Sox. Very surprised that we did see the Sox go to Vince Velasquez, especially after they took the lead in the eighth inning. Uh, it went Michael Kopech, Jose Ruiz, Jake Diekman, Joe Kelly, Aaron Bummer, who just made his uh, debut after Oof. coming off the IL, Vince Velasquez, Liam Hendricks. We're assuming that Kendall Graveman wasn't available after throwing 27 pitches on Monday. Well, Velasquez and Hendricks were really the only guys that uh, didn't make things really interesting, right? I mean, even even some of the guys who didn't get runs credited mm-hmm. to them had uh, some very interesting uh, outings today and not in a good way if you're a White Sox fan, obviously. Yeah, but um, those two were the only guys not to allow base runners. Right. And so, I mean, to, to, to have that in a day when your bullpen needs to throw as much as it did and to get a win like this, whoo. Uh, but that's, I guess, I guess it's good work and also lucky work. And, uh, Hey, I think at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is a win for these guys. Right. Yeah. And I said at the time, I, I still don't like the move to go to Vince Velasquez, but credit to Vince Velasquez for getting the job done and shoving up my ass there. So I didn't think it was a good move, but I didn't know the situation. They didn't want to go to Kendall Graveman, but I thought that the 11 pitches that Jimmy Lambert threw yesterday would have been a lot enough for him to go in the game in the eighth inning especially you have the lead right there. I don't know what the thought process was there, but Vince did a good job. Yeah, the shadows were with him, but you still got to get out, and he did. And they played by Elvis Andrus. Mercy. Yeah, I was about to say mercy. Uh, he really got, I mean, not bailed out, but Elvis Andrus, uh, he first off pitches to Julio Rodriguez, uh, Vince Velasquez in the eighth inning, uh, gets him to ground out. Very nice play by Moncada to give it, get it over there just because Rodriguez was burning down the line. Then uh, Velasquez got Kelly or uh, France to ground uh, strike out. And then the next play, I mean, in the hole, Elvis Andrews ranging towards third makes a brilliant play. I mean, I see so many people just being like, Elvis, what an addition to this clubhouse. He's been so huge. I think he's already been wor- worth one war. I mean, what have you guys made of Elvis Andrews coming over here? Um, had a huge home run on Monday as well. He's been doing it with the bat and the glove. I think he's done the job, and that's what he was. That's what he was brought in to do was to do the job, right? I think the White Sox had a lot of, uh, not a lot, but they had a few people that they could have put in that shortstop role on a regular basis. I think Larry Garcia had an ill-timed, uh, you know, IL stint uh, right then when when TA got hurt as well. But obviously, Larry has not famously done the job this year, especially with his bat. Uh, you know, you could have gone to Romy Gonzalez, who has impressed a little bit uh, this year uh, at, at second base. We've seen Lenin Sosa. These are guys they could have thrown up their hands and say, all right, keep us afloat. Instead, they went out and got Elvis Andrews, who obviously bring, brought a lot more dependability, a much better resume, if perhaps not, you know, um, uh, offensive results that are going to make you swoon or anything like that. But he has done the job in Tim Anderson's absence, and it has been uh, what the White Sox needed in a big way. I don't think he's necessarily the guy who, uh, you know, is being praised here as the uh, the great savior of this White Sox season, just in the fact that, uh, you know, he's had his offensive uh, uh, struggles to match his offensive successes. He's had his defensive struggles to match his defensive successes in this very game, dropped a pop-up, uh, you know, going over uh, to the left field foul line to there today. Not everybody's going to be perfect, obviously, but he has been uh, – 
he has been, Sean, you keep using the word competent. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, you know, a, an accurate reflection of what you could hope for. He's done what he has supposed to, what he was supposed to do. And it's very good. It's a good problem to have for the White Sox that people are uh, praising him so much. And in light of, well, where can we put him once Tim comes back? Because he needs to be playing every day. Right. And I, I mean, I think second base makes the most sense. He hasn't played it in his major league career, but I, it's kind of, I mean, I compared it to Johnny Cueto when they made it just because Johnny is a guy that has clearly proven himself as a major league baseball player, has not had the best of health, but when he's been out there, he has clearly been capable enough. So why not give the guy the runway to be capable? Um, I think Elvis Andres has proven to you that he has been a capable hitter, a capable fielder, and just proving to you that the moments just aren't too big for him. I don't think Lenin Sosa makes that play. I don't think Romy Gonzalez makes that play at shortstop just because Elvis Andres has been doing this for 1,800 games of his major league career. It's just such a, a, a breath of fresh air at this point. The Sox didn't make any trade deadlines uh, acquisitions outside of the Jake Diekman uh, acquisition, but the Elvis Andres one, I think you can lump in at this point just because it was so close. Uh, you know, They didn't end up trading for him, which I think would have been a huge benefit if they traded for a salary. I think Sox fans probably would have been worried, even though it's not their money. But at the end of the day, Elvis Andres is on their team. Very excited about that. And even Romy. I mean, Romy's played well, even when he's been up here. Josh Harrison made two errors today, so I don't know if you're you're getting a little bit off the uh, Josh Harrison trade here, but it seems like Elvis Andrews and Josh Harrison probably will just hold down second base if or when T.A. comes back because we really haven't gotten an update on T.A.'s health and what his timeline may be returning from that sagittal band tear. And I think about all the things that had to go wrong for the White Sox for Elvis to be on this team. Firstly, the Danny Mendick injury early in the season. If he's healthy this whole time, when T.A. goes down, I think Danny Mendick, what he was doing this year, with the bat especially, is plugged right in this shortstop, and you don't really skip I mean, you skip a beat because Tim is an all-star, and Danny Mendick's ultimately a fifth infielder on this team. But he was playing so well in his time with the bat and with the glove, so he would have been the guy. The Oakland A's just saying, eh, we don't want to give you more at-bats, which is smart for a veteran team or for a, a young team that's given veteran money. They still got to pay him the money. But get off my team, go with somebody else's team, and the White Sox striking quickly to sign Elvis Andrews as much as they did and getting him in here. And he's played much better than I ever expected him to play. The two guys that the White Sox picked up pretty much in season with him and Johnny Cueto have been phenomenal, have been awesome, have been more than you've asked for this year. And kudos to Rick Khan for those two moves. Now he's I got other problems with them. This these two moves are not the problems. These are great moves. And when T.A. does come back, I think a switch to second base, while it might be hard for Elvis, I think he'll get the job done and uh, do the job, especially with the bat. I don't know if he stays up at the the two spot there. He'll probably move back to like the six, seven, or eight spot. But when Tim comes back, he's the leadoff hitter, and the Elvis Andrews will be the second base second baseman going forward. Name yeah. of my next album, by the way, Sagittal Banter. <laughs> it's a great band name. Yeah. Uh, and the members of Sagittal Banter. Um, let's tell you about Points Bet. Uh, they're counting down the days until football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. Guess what? That's tomorrow. From now until September, September 8th, again tomorrow, the Points Bet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So sign up for Points Bet now using code CHGO to also get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not it. If you make a $51 or more first-time deposit and bet $51 or more live or pregame on the Bears-Niners game this Sunday, you will, as a new user using the code CHGO, 
get the option of the CHGO Midway Varsity zip-up hoodie or the CHGO crew neck hoodie. You'll also get the QB1 shirt and the CHGO yearly membership and $2,000 in risk-free bets. So two, be- uh, two bets uh, up to $2,000, two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So again, if you bet $51 or more pregame or live on the Bears-Niners game, you get the CHGO Bears collection, you get your choice of sweatshirt, the QB1 shirt, the yearly CHGO membership, and two risk-free bets up to $2,000. The best deal in town just got even better. So download the Points Bet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. Don't just bet, live your bet life with Points Bet. If you or somebody who has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And this is a new sponsor, Pins and Aces. I know we've been working with them uh, at All City. I know that they've been the presenters over of Big Drive Energy out in Denver. Colorado has a lot of nice weather, a lot of nice uh, golf ranges out there. So they have a golf show, show. We don't, not really a golf city, all right? But Pins and Ace is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. Oh, you're yeah. telling me you haven't been over to uh, to uh, Sydney Maravitz over there in, uh, no, in Lakeview? on the lake? Oh, right man. on the lake? Mercy, I'll tell you what. Have you guys? Yeah. I mean, I've walked by it a million times. I don't, I don't pick you for a golfer. Not a golf guy, no. Yeah. I'm not a golfer either, but my friend is, and he took me to Maravitz, and I think it was probably like 15 years ago. Uh, at the time, I think we walked the course. I don't know if they have still just only walking courses, but it's beautiful. I'm a, course. I'm a big yeah. mini golf guy. Oh, yeah. I, I love I, I mini, mini golf. Mini golf yeah. we should, maybe that's our off-season content. We, we do like 15 minutes in, in the of, snow? of mini golf. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Hey, brave the elements. But if you're going to be brave in the elements or if you're going to be out at the uh, the Lakeshore Golf Course, uh, Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear and gets a ton of compliments on and off the course. Uh, I haven't worn Pins and Aces just yet, but that's what all of our golf guys say. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business, and they make amazing polls. Polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeves. An innovative product an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep your drinks cold the entire round. Uh, I think there's nine holes uh, in the first half of a golf uh, course. All right? <laughs> yes, so that's, true. That's, that's about a beer a hole. Yeah. All right? No, see, this oh, this is going to make me maybe a golf guy. A beer? If, if I can have nine beers during it, sure. I forgot we go. have a golf guy here. Steven goes golfing like every weekend. Yeah, you had me at seven beers. You know how many natterdays I'm going to put in there? There you go. Seven. You could put seven. Or, you know, you could put, you know, better beers in there, too. I, that's how I, that's how I said it. So check out Pins and Aces and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com, P-I-N-S-A-N-D-A-C-E-S.com, and use code CHGO to get 15% off your first order. And, again, if you buy the beer sleeve, the innovative beer sleeve, you can put whatever beers you want in it, all right? So just get the 24-pack. You'll have three left in there, and you can take out, you know, three rounds of, of beer right there. So uh, whether it's Natterdays, Guinness, probably too heavy for a, a golf game, yeah. but uh, whatever you want to drink. And before we keep on going, I think there was a Matthew Graber question up there. Pretty funny. Pretty. I'm not funny. Pretty good. It was up a little bit more right here. Right now, Cease is set to pitch Wednesday against the Colorado. Uh, Sox should switch it up so Cease pitches the makeup game at Cleveland the next day instead of Giolito. That's a pretty good idea. I don't know if the White Sox will do that. I mean, it would be in the White Sox' best interest to win the Cleveland game. So putting your best pitcher out there would be the best idea. Well, and I don't hate it because they have an off day on Monday. Giolito pitches on Friday. Um, so the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, that's four days of rest. And so, maybe I mean, that might be all right for Giolito. Yeah, and maybe you can skate by without Giolito and you maybe have a Davis Martin uh, start there. Something well, like and that. I think the idea is maybe, too, if you were talking about it from a White Sox standpoint, they know Giolito is used to 
you know, throwing the full season, going on on regular rest down the, down the stretch. Cease is a guy maybe who hasn't been in this position quite as many times. Give him an extra day. You buy him an extra day of rest, and that might be beneficial. Obviously, we've seen varying results with various pitchers on that front. You know, do you go with the routine or do you go with uh, some extra rest? I, I, I think giving Dylan some extra rest has been a goal of theirs throughout the season. Maybe they do it again uh, with the off day to help him out there. It'd be interesting. Uh, Lucas has had three starts against Cleveland, hasn't made one since July 22nd. He did give up six earned runs in that start, but I think career-wise he's been pretty good against Cleveland. So I'm, I'm not sure. I know Dylan hasn't had huge strikeout numbers against Cleveland, uh, but I, I mean – we definitely know Dylan's been better. I mean, we made a size C shirt uh, for, for him this year. So uh, if you want the better pitcher, I, I think that could definitely be a uh, an option there. So great idea there uh, from who was that again? Matthew Graber. Okay. Shout out to Matthew uh, for the question there. Uh, Dylan will lead off the Sox on Thursday on September 8th. Uh, it's JP Sears versus Dylan C. So that's your next pitching matchup. And we will have you covered. Uh, it will be a pre and post game show from our house uh, tomorrow. So about 8 o'clock, we'll get uh, the pregame show started for the Oakland and Sox game tomorrow. At I like how you said our house. Like Same we all live together. Yeah, we We're do. roommates. Our yeah. house in the middle of the street. Big madness. Big madness fans here on the pod. <laughs> Their band name was Madness, and the yeah. album was Madness too, right? Yeah, well, they had many albums, yeah. but yeah, like right. like well, Big Country. Oh, right. Song was Big yeah. Country. No, I think the album was uh, also. But yeah. they, it was Bad Company who did it first. Did they? Yeah. Bad Co. Like, bad Co. Bad Co. It's like Elvis. He's like the, uh, when he covers Unchained Melody. This is the song Unchained Melody off an album Unchained Melody. Makes a lot of sense. There you go. All right. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention one final thing, and we'll get back to the White Sox. Uh, we have a brand-new shirt in the CHGO locker. We told you about the size C shirt, uh, but we now have the CHGO script shirt in black and white. I have seen the red one. I don't like red on me. I hate wearing the color red. So now that I have a black shirt with this logo in the White Sox colors, I immediately went out and bought it on the CHGO locker. I used that employee discount, and I could not be more happy or more excited for this to come. I don't. I didn't love the. I mean, I, I do like it, but like the the mix match one for like the CHGO uh, oh. uh, sports podcast for Kevin. That one's good. The Red Bulls one, like, eh, but like this one. How could you have played? White. How could you have played for the Bill Melton era White Sox? Couldn't have done it. Couldn't have done a white. Wore red. red. They wore red. Oh, right. It was my favorite White Sox uniform, so you couldn't, you couldn't have participated. I was wondering what you're talking about. Yeah, 71, yeah. right. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. uniform. As right I there. told you, like, I got the sky blue shirt, the mm-hmm. blue sky shirt of the team, and I don't think I look good in light blue, but now they've changed it to dark black and a little blue sky in the middle. It looks, you know, black, you know, me and black go like this. We go back like rocking chairs, as Hood would say. Um, but right there, Steven's showing it on a, uh, the, all, the uh, CHCO locker uh, room right there. The first shirt is the Sky shirt that's in black, and then right next to it is the script CHCO shirt in White Sox colors. Those, man, I'm glad. that's half the reason why I chose the White Sox because the color scheme works with my attire. I know Vinny's the colorful one on, on our set. Sean and I are black and white. Well, Sean mixes up with a little green every once in a while, but me, green. black, white, green, dark green. Yeah, personally, I love the way I look in red. You do? 
Yeah, I mean, as Big long as it's a guy. bright color, I'm I'm pumped. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. I, I like the purple, by the way. Purple, we're oh. going with purple. The, the Hendricks shirt today because they were out in Seattle. I figured it only made sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait to wear my Ricky Henderson jersey tomorrow because they'll be in Oakland. Uh, anyways, uh, let's talk about the White Sox hitting because Brandon says, "Man, look what happens when this team hits." Uh, they only got eight hits today. Uh, it felt like a lot more. Uh, the Sox were able to draw three walks as well. A couple errors on Seattle's part uh, near the end of the game made it real sloppy uh, for the Mariners. But the White Sox. Those shadows, man. Yeah, the shadows were difficult. The Mariners could not see the ball in their own ballpark. <laughs> no, they could not. It's it's uh, you'd think they would close the roof. <laughs> That's what you were talking about. <laughs> Vinny Duber, uh, very uh, staunch uh, advocate of the don't. You're, you're a big Arlington Heights guy, huh? <laughs> Not a big Arlington Heights guy. <laughs> Keep them at Soldier Field. But my point being is that if you have the ability to eliminate the shadows in your ballpark that are causing your team to make numerous errors, maybe you should do that. Maybe you should take advantage of that, close the roof, and then you won't make as many errors. And I don't know if the lights would have done anything, you know, if you have uh, concentrated lights and gave you a little bit more visibility there uh, when the shadows are overtaking the players at home plate. Because, yes, they could not see Vince Velasquez and definitely couldn't see uh, Liam Hendricks, but that might be a regular thing. But Vince Velasquez looked like the champion. But that's there. just but that's just batting. Yeah. I mean, that, that inning, they oh. had back-to-back errors. They had, I don't know if they called them back-to-back errors, but that pop-up drops in the middle of center field because the second baseman can't doesn't know where it is. And then they throw the ball, uh, they get the bunt, was it a bunt or a yeah, swinging a bunt. bunt to to uh, third base? And he throws it almost all the way into the stands because the first baseman probably couldn't see it to catch it. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, they gave Flexen an error on that one. Uh, In the, the on, pop up on, to center. On the yeah. Z- no, the Zavala bunt. Um, oh so yeah, that 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 one was a, a clearly an error. There was not an error. It marked it as a Harrison single uh, for that one in front of him. Uh, I, I don't know which ones. Uh, there was a Garcia was safe at third when he stole second uh, because there was a throwing error when Garcia stole second. Uh, uh, yeah, threw that, it in yeah, the, that, so that was the other uh, I mean, error. That, that was going to go into center field regardless, I think. But That might also be a thing where the guy who was catching the ball at second can't see the ball coming from Kirk Casale, and it's a short hop, so you usually can you know, see that ball all the way through. Maybe he couldn't see it, and picking up the short hop was a little difficult because of the shadows. And yeah. my guy, uh, Sebi, got on base because of a Suarez error in the sixth, so those were the errors made by uh, the Mariners. But, yeah, I mean, home field advantage. Like, you'd think the team playing in – T-Mobile Park and formerly Safeco would be used to the shadows at that. Well, I'm point. just saying you've I played mean, you've played a one games. o'clock game there before, right? I mean that ballpark's been there for 20 years. Like when you when you build the ballpark and you say, oh, when we play a one o'clock game <laughs> in, the, in the late innings, nobody can see the ball. Maybe we should close the roof for one o'clock games. Maybe. And I don't know <laughs> the rules on that. You know, once you start the game, if there's not inclement weather, there's no closing of the roof at any time. If if the weather stays the same, and I know. If you do it for one team, you have to do it for the other. So if they wanted to have the advantage, they would have to do it at the top of the inning when the White Sox are batting and then have it uh, for themselves at the bottom of the inning. And for the sake of time of game, the last thing we want is, all right, we're going to take a 15-minute delay to close close the the roof. roof. I don't know if it takes that long for that. I know it takes that long at the Rogers Center, but it's probably quicker than that. that, The Miller Park one closes pretty quick. But yeah, Melissa. Melissa say with the shadows, I'm surprised the Sox weren't dropping balls all over the place. They were pre-shadows. They yeah. were dropping it when it was a bright, sunshiny day earlier in the game. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, real quick, uh, I just found it. 10 to 12 minutes to close the T-Mobile Park roof. The three movable panels glide on 128 steel wheels powered ooh, by ooh, 9610 horsepower electric motors. Isn't that a Rolling Stones album? 
Steel wheels. Yeah. Yeah. 128 steel wheels. Yeah. <laughs> or 96 10 ho- uh, horsepower electric motors. No, um, that's a little more clunky. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit more clunky. Uh, but yeah, uh, Melissa also mentioned uh, they weren't all singles, the White Sox, eight hits. Uh, three extra base hits. Aloy hit that massive home run that we mentioned in the fourth inning to open up the scoring for the Sox. And then two doubles as well. Those came in the sixth. The Sox had two runs again from the Abreu and Jimenez home run. Uh, Abreu beating out that double play, got on base. That made it a 4-2 game. And then in the sixth, we mentioned Zavala making it to first on the fielding error. Andrus then bunted uh, and got on base on the single. Then Moncada flied out to right. But then Jose Abreu came through with a uh, two RBI single, uh, or just one RBI single because then he ended up having a sack fly. Uh, Jimenez doubled to left. Then Sheets hit a sack fly to right. And then Andrew Vaughn ripped a double uh, down the left field line. So extra base hits were huge in this White Sox game today. They were also huge in the other win this series, getting home runs from A.J. Pollock and Elvis Andrews. And we've been seeing, I mean, that's been the main thing with the Sox over this kind of nine-game run here where they've won three series. Extra base hits have been huge. I don't know if we've been seeing something consistently from the Sox approach, but the results have been there, and I'm not going to bat an eye at it. Yeah, I mean, listen, that shouldn't be a surprise. We've been sitting around wondering all year, why aren't the White Sox winning more games? And I think the conclusion we came to is because they're slugging percentages in the toilet and they don't walk, right? You know, if they were to improve both of those things, well, there you go. They would start winning some more, and certainly that's what's happened. Um, I would agree with you that it. I don't think it has been consistent. You know what I mean? The first two games of this series, they barely scored any runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't think that we're seeing a team breaking out offensively. That being said, every time you can do that in a game, whether it's consistent or not, you're going to have a much better shot of winning, and we've been talking this whole show about how important every single win is going to be for this team. Take it. Take the nine runs today. Take the win. Uh, we're getting down to the point where, you know, we got to stop worrying about trends here if we're, and when it comes to evaluating this team. And you just got to go on a night-by-night basis and say, what can they do to win tonight? And that inning, I want to point out, like, while Eugenio Suarez had an awesome day at the plate, two home runs, uh, rocket shot he hit off of uh, Mike Kopech and then later off of Aaron Bummer, um, his defense that inning, piss poor. The air he made – to start it off, and then the lack of effort he gave on the Lloyd double. The ball just went right under his glove. If he dives, he can at least keep that ball in the infield. He did, He wasn't interested in diving there. I don't know. He couldn't see the ball. You know, I don't know if the shadows took over at that time, but he played that one poorly, and then the Andrew Vaughn one was less of a uh, you know lapse of judgment. It was just a rocket shot by him. So he might have a great day at the, at the plate, but his defense was woeful today. Yeah, and the I mean, just the Mariners' defense in general. I mean, as as we mentioned with the shadows, just woeful all around. And I, I talked about the White Sox, you know, not making those mistakes against the Mariners last night. They really only made one in the series. Um, that that one play where Ty France ends up scoring on the overthrow that hits the camera was really the only big mistake the Sox made defensively this series. Right? Yeah, they had. Yeah, I mean, there was that there was that tough play today that Josh had at second base yeah. that that kind of kept that inning they going. Kept the ball so. in front of him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was terrible. I don't think it was a huge mistake, certainly. But, um, you know, the, the you know, they, they have to tighten up the defense, obviously, if they're going to do anything moving forward. But you're right. I think the, uh, the Mariners uh, out-mistaked them here defensively in this series for sure. Which is great to see if you're a White Sox fan. Uh, <laughs> Nathan asking, am I being oversensitive or does it seem like the editor doing the headlines for these great shows seem to call out my beloved Jose an awful lot when we lose? Steven, well, what's that, up with this? Why are you writing bad headlines? Wow, I can't believe you'd say that, the Jose Abreu hater himself. <laughs> I don't write the headlines. Uh, Sean is actually the one that gives me the headlines. <laughs> so point your fingers right. Also, didn't I say something nice? 
today? What, what's the headline? Uh, yesterday today? it was something about Jose Abreu losing. Well, because he's the the this, player for yeah, White Sox. Yeah, like, and, right and there's no Tim Anderson. I guess they could have used Aloy. But a little inside for uh, Nathan. We're, we're we're looking for clicks, views. So you know, no one's going to be clicking for oh, Larry Garcia and the White Sox lose this game. Oh, Vince Velasquez shuts him out. In the and eighth. so you know, you get a little cl- cash <laughs> in today uh, by Vince, an MVP like Jose, the bobblehead that's right in front of me. You got to put his name out in the front, and maybe he wasn't the main reason of the team losing that day. But you know, people are like, oh, what are they talking about, Jose Abreu? I want to click into that show. It's a little trick we do yeah. here. Want to hear from Sean? Want to hear what horrible things Sean's going to say about Jose Abreu today? He's going to say anything about him. I mean, <laughs> if just if the White Sox have a shutout, you know, you're, you're probably going to see if Jose Abreu goes 0 4, that's going to be an easy, you know, plug right in. If Tim Anderson goes 0 4 and he's playing on the uh, in the game, he's probably going to be, <laughs> you know, the, the, the guy that's on the the, 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 the headline. Wow. Uh, Alex Potno saying selling out Pito for clicks. Shameful. This, Shameful. This, this anti Abreu agenda Sean has been peddling since day one of this podcast. <laughs> I'll do a lot for clicks, man. I'll be honest. Mercy. Uh, let's talk about Elvis Andrus because, again, I want those clicks. Uh, he's been saving the White Sox uh, season so far, according to White Sox fans. It's only been 18 games, and they're 8 and 10. Uh, so, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. not like so, it's about right. the That's about right. Uh, but I thought this was interesting from James Fegan, who's out in Seattle. He talked to Elvis Andrews, and Elvis said, where I am in my career, I just want to have the opportunity to win uh, on how he'll handle when Tim Anderson returns. Quote, whenever he comes back, I'll be more than happy. If I have to move positions or change my role, I'll always be ready for whatever. Uh, neither and- Andrews or Anderson have played a position other than shortstop at the major leagues, which James closes out that uh, little athletic piece uh, with. Uh, but I do want to just pose the question. We kind of talked about it a little bit already, but Elvis Andrews moving to second base. I think Andrews and Harrison taking over second base. If TA comes back, uh, you know, around September 20th, uh, I think that's the right move. I think anything else, Yohan Moncada moving to second base, TA moving to second base, kind of blasphemous. Yeah, because TA is going to be your shortstop moving forward. Elvis Andrews just might be here for this last month and that'll be it. So, Elvis will be the one that move and have to adjust to the new position, not Tim Anderson. And we've already discussed where Yoan Moncada's exemplary playing third base. Last night's move, uh, withstanding, notwithstanding, he's exemplary at third base. Keep him right there. And you already saw that he doesn't play well at second base, and he's not comfortable at the bat. I know you say, well, he sucks at the bat right now, but his glove is playing this year. So keep him out third, give him some at-bats, and uh, Elvis can go to second base and adjust. I don't think it will be that tough of an adjustment. Still in the middle infield, going from, you know, moving from your left to your right will be a little adjustment, but I think anybody can do it as a veteran like Elvis Andres. Well, in StatCast lists, uh, field location for outs above average, uh, they go back since 2016. Uh, at shortstop, 3,000 attempts for Elvis Andres. He's got an outs above average uh, of 24. And then at second base, 348 attempts, basically because of shifts. Um, he's got an outs above average of minus two, uh, but his success rate and estimated success rate about the same uh, at 78%. So, it might be a little bit of an adjustment, but I'd be really surprised if he wasn't able to do that. I know that you were like, oh, well, he's never played it before, and we're, we're complaining about right fielders and first basemen uh, playing the outfield. So uh, you, you'd be all right if Elvis Andres tried out second base? I'm not the guy who's been complaining about first baseman <laughs> playing the outfield all year. So the guy down there is. Uh, also, Stephen Garrett, I think, just gave us our next shirt idea just because I think without context, it'd be a ridiculous thing to see somebody wearing, which is revenge is a dish best serve el- served Elvis. <laughs> oh. Throw some sideburns and some rhinestone 
shades on that T-shirt, and That's I think nice. I think people will buy that for absolutely no reason. So um, <laughs> great job there. Let's keep that one in the bank. But uh, and and here's a super chat. Look at me just shouting out all the comments. Oh, hey, host the damn show. Yeah, you're being bumped for your uh, ridiculous. Uh, 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 oh man, what's up? the word? Now I've blown it. Oh, here you go. Uh, your your contradictory statements on. Mm. Uh, Gavin Sheets and Andrew and yeah. Vaughn versus Elvis Andrews. Uh, but, hey, go ahead. Put him there. You know what I mean? He's been good in the lineup. What's the worst thing that can happen? He's terrible at playing second base, and the next day you don't put him there. Right. Um, uh, it, maybe it costs you a game. Who knows? But I think right now you've got to do what you can to keep that guy in the lineup because he's coming through consistently for you. Uh, that being said, I don't know if it's going to work. You know, I mean, True. people can call for it all they want. I would adjust your expectations accordingly because this is a guy who's been playing Major League Baseball for a decade and a half and has never once played second base. Maybe it's easy. Maybe it's, maybe it's easy for him. Maybe it's hard for him. Maybe it doesn't work at all, and, or maybe it just goes fine. But, I mean, if they do it, sure, why not? I just wouldn't expect it to be this uh, smashing success until proven otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it, it might go wrong. I'm not sure if I'm reading these correctly, uh, but for StatCast, they do break it down, whether you're going lateral towards third and lateral towards first base. Uh, going lateral towards third base, Elvis Andrews uh, has an outs above average of three throughout his career. Laddering towards first base, negative 29. But I don't know if that's just because mainly he's going towards third base yeah, and, and has a lot more opportunities that way um, just because of the position being at shortstop. So I don't know if you flip that to second, if he does get worse. But the great play that he made today, he was ranging towards third base. So I'm, I'm not sure if, you know, flipping that on him will uh, cause him to, you know, be a worse defender at second base. But we will have to wait and see. It's time for your points Hold bet. Hold on a second real quick. We got that super chat. Oh, we do have so. a super chat. Thank you. Uh, again, you guys should be hosting the show. Uh, Kevin Bryant with the Super Chat. Thank you very much, Kevin, for the $5 Super Chat. Cleveland and Minnesota have a five-game series coming up. Then the Sox play three versus Cleveland at home. I think this heavily favors the Sox. 2022 World Series champs, wow. baby. Wow, one win. I, listen, you, one win in, in Seattle really turns everybody yeah, right around. That's, like, uh, mm, that's, a, that's some fun <laughs> things to see. What's your guys' favorite Kool-Aid flavor? We're about to do cereal draft in a, not in a, a second. Not here. a Kool-Aid guy. I haven't done it in a long time. Yeah, Mondo's. I used to drink Mondo's mm. back in the day. I, I'm, I'm a big uh, little jug guy. You know, the little little jug of juice. Yeah, well, barrels. Mondo's were that, but tall and oh. skinny. Yeah. Okay. There were right. also, I don't remember what they were called, but when I was a real little kid, they had other versions of that in the wax bottle, you know, that had like funny cartoon faces mm. as part of the wax bottle. Very nice. I that think I'm going to pick some of those up. Get a couple of juices there uh, you for, go. For, 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 the, for the night. Anyways, I uh, wanted to let you know about PointsBet. Uh, PointsBet, they're counting down the days until football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, PointsBet's Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So sign up for PointsBet now using code CHGO to also get two risk free bets up to $2,000. And don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. I will tell you to hold off my pick of the week until 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow because I I think for the last day of the power hour, points bet will probably give you a nice offer. So I would wait because I do think the Rams will win tomorrow against the Bills. My pick of the week, Rams money line at home. Right now they're the underdog. I got their money line at plus 110. So if you're able to get boosted odds or maybe uh, you put down $50 on the Rams-Bills game, you get a $20 live bet. I would just say if you're going to be gambling on uh, points bet at all, I'd say wait till the 12 o'clock hour tomorrow because you might get some boosted odds, maybe some free bets. Uh, but that's my pick of the week. Rams money line tomorrow at plus 110. Download the points bet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. And don't just bet. Leave your bet life and points bet. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 100 Gamma for crisis counseling and referral services. Again, 
The White Sox will be playing the A's in a four-game series. It's Dylan Cease versus J.P. Sears. Then it is going to be Johnny or uh, Lucas Giolito versus James Caprillion. Then Lance Lynn versus, I believe, this is Adrian Martinez. And closing out that series, it will be Johnny Cueto versus Cole Irving. So a four-game series out in Oakland, and the Twins and Guardians are about to face off each, against each other uh, in a series after Cleveland finishes up against Kansas City. So we'll know a lot about the AL Central tomorrow, and we'll be previewing tomorrow's game for you as well. So you get more AL Central in depth look uh, on tomorrow's pregame show because tonight or right now it's time for the serial draft because of course it is uh, it only took us 137 games to do a draft many other shows have done a draft before CHGO Blackhawks did like an American player draft because it was the 4th of July American player draft cool um, you know I think I think hey Cubs uh, they've done a draft that was like I think it was like Sox and Cubs players from the 2000s. Gotcha. Eh. So we're doing Carlos Lee was number one overall pick. Yes. Probably, yeah. Juan Pierre was two. Yeah. Um, both teams. Huh? Both teams. Juan Pierre. Juan Pierre. Yeah. So both teams. the first round probably had to be all both team guys. Neil Cotts. Neil Cotts. David Ardsma. Uh, yeah. uh, the catcher Deonor Navarro. Deonor Navarro. Absolutely. So, uh, and uh, the other catcher, Alex Avila. Gio Soto. Gio Soto. So well. many catchers. <laughs> Legends. Uh, but let's get into the very very important serial draft. It's going to be <laughs> love Steven's face. <laughs> <laughs> It looks exactly like us. Steven's, Steven's got the like um, big head behind the foul uh, foul shot at a college basketball game picture going on right there, which I which I enjoy. Also, a little bit red. Was this after you were golfing and got a bad sunburn? Uh, this was after several drinks at a wedding. Okay, and the smile line kind of looks like it gives you a mustache. Kind of look like you're about to you know make some pizza. No? Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, What's right, to say right. to that? All right. Uh, Steven, you, you, just make your first pick. Right, yeah. Steven, uh, Steven's got a well, serial draft. We're going snake around. Four rounds, four people. It's Steven, then Herb, then Vinny, then me. Uh, Steven has the first pick, Herb second, Vinny third. I'm fourth. Uh, and then I also have the fifth pick, and then we'll go back to Vinny, Herb, Steven, and then Steven will have two picks. Yada, yada, yada. It's a snake draft four cereals. If you pick one version of the cereal, that doesn't mean that a different flavor of that cereal uh, it comes off the board. So if you take Rice Krispies, Cocoa Krispies is still available. So Steven, after all is said, first pick. All right, this one was actually really easy for me. I was glad to get the number one pick because I know if I didn't get the number one pick, one of you would have taken it before I got to it. So uh, my pick is in and I got a sound for it. Oh, very nice. <laughs> wow. You'll be hearing that a lot over the next uh, 15 <laughs> minutes. With the first overall pick oh, and Jesus. the first ever serial draft at CHGO, Stephen Nicholas selects Reese's Puffs out of General Mills University. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Going home big hug, big hug for the commish for the Reese's Puffs. Yeah, that would have been that would have been number one on pretty much everybody's board. I, I think mean, delicious well, flavor. The milk is delicious afterwards. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's no no better flavors combination than chocolate and peanut butter. That's a great pick. And what we've heard about this prospect, uh, Stephen Nicholas, and the prospect came to a deal early. I mean, this was a, a pre-announced deal. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of surprise in the war room of contract. Her Contract will be announced very soon. Yes, uh, large, large contract coming the way of Reese's Puff. Herb, you're up. All right, with the number two pick, I mean, I know this is people's number one. It's their GOAT. I like it. It's not my favorite, but I'm doing a calculated risk to get my actual favorite in the second round. Hopefully, you guys are going to pass it up. But I'm going with the champion, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Mm. That's a good one. That's a good one. How exciting. Yes. No draft sound? 
Oh, no. now, now oh see, man, we're going to do that every making, time. Come on. Steven's got to make the graphic. Oh, yeah. Steven's making I, I made, the graphic. I made the sound of my life. There you go. Steven did oh, not man, have that cinnamon toast crunch. That every time is going to be a problem. All right. Didn't go. have that ready. Second pick is cinnamon toast crunch. All right, Vinny, you're up on the All right. board. First round pick, I'm surprising everybody because I thought I was going to have the Reese's Puffs as my top of the board. As I thought about it a little bit more, thought back to my childhood, did a little nostalgic uh, soul searching. Turns out I have a different favorite cereal than Reese's Puffs, which I thought was my favorite cereal. First pick on uh, Team Vinny is going to be Peanut Butter Crunch. Wow, mm. all right. Peanut Butter Crunch. I peanut Butter Crunch. Did that's not a, even have that on my That's a Captain board. Crunch variety. This uh, is going to take a while to put together. It's tremendous. Right? Going oh. with that. You gotta, I got to go favorite. I know I just blew the strategy. I probably could have had that in the fourth round, but uh, we're going with, with my personal favorite there. Peanut butter uh, cereal all day long, and you're you're going with this one, just like yeah, the, the Captain actual... Crunch peanut butter variety, yes. And that's a that's an interesting Captain Crunch because there's no actual captains in that. That's all. That's oh. all. That's all balls. That's all peanut butter balls. So <laughs> indeed, uh, it is real. Real interesting pick there. Yeah, I like the uh, the old Captain Crunch. Yeah, that I need a with. t-shirt with that Captain Crunch elephant on it. I think that's pretty fantastic. Steven. That's that's pretty. Sick. Got the Cubs hat on when Captain Crunch. What the hell is he going? Mercy. Uh, I feel like that's just and, a cheap. And, and, and as Lawrence Holmes points out, he's not really a captain of anything. He's not an admiral anything captain is like a not a not an actual ranking it's in the like, navy you it's mean? Not even, no captain mm, it's, it's not, not a word it's not real gotcha. it's not real come on gotcha. cap mm. crunch peanut butter crunch all day all right, all right. well i'm you get I, back to back picks here i'm actually pretty thankful uh that you uh went captain crunch and didn't go with my version i'm going to go captain crunch and berries uh captain crunch and berries is the best variety of captain crunch disagree uh, Captain Crunch regular, the red box will rip up your mouth. So you got to add those berries in there. Um, you know, I like, you know, some people go oops all berries. I think that's a little bit too much, a little bit too sugary. Uh, you get a little bit of the uh, the nice plain Captain Crunch, and then you get the berries. I, I think it's a fantastic pair. I'm going to go off the board a little bit. Mm. Go ahead. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go against what my gut says, and I'm going to take Cookie Crisp in round Ooh. two. Boo! Really? New York crowd hates it. Oh yeah, Giants. The Giants and Jets fans are just booing the hell out of you right now. <laughs> why? 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 Why did I pick Mark Bavaro right here? Uh, yeah, cookie because Crisp Cookie Crisp up. is not cereal. It's, it's a box full of cookies. cookies. It's literally marketed as a cereal. Don't blame me. Blame you, America. Just, yeah, I will. Just okay. Just grab some <laughs> famous me. Grab some famous Amos and put milk on it. Exactly. It you sounds just, great. It sounds awesome. Yeah. It sounds way better than uh, cinnamon toast basically, crunch or Reese's. Puffs. Basically, you know what you, you know how they have the you know how they have the walking taco, which is like a bag of yeah. Fritos and with Love chili it. in it. You could have a walking cereal. You get one of them bags of Chips Ahoy <laughs> and just pour some milk in there, and then just yeah. I, you guys are sounding, you're just making great ideas. This all sounds fantastic <laughs> to me, the guy taking uh, Cookie Crisp. All right, I'm back. I'm back up. Yeah, yes. I'm back up. All right, I'm getting a second round steal here. Guys, with the second pick, Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, that's, that's solid. That's, take solid. that's no steal. What are that's you, eight? That is I mean, a great steal. You're either it's a eight fine or eight cereal. if you're it's eating a cheerios. That is, a, that, is, that is the textbook definition of cereal. Keep it. I just took... I just took the Mike Trout of cereal. When you look it up in the dictionary, you look up baseball player, Mike Trout. You look up cereal in the dictionary, Honey Nut Cheerios. There you go. Absolutely not. Past its prime. Yeah, Honey Nut Cheerios is Mike Trout. You're right. Yeah, just like the 80-year-old. Past his prime, Mike Trout. Just like the 80-year-old eating the cereal and Mike Trout, they both have bad backs. And guess guess who's going to give you that solid production every single day? Honey Nut Cheerios. I mean, I think I've just walked in and my strategy did work. Um, by picking Cinnamon Toast Crunch in the first round, I get to my second round pick, which is the best cereal out of all these cereals. Why are we all picking the best cereals? I mean, in the exactly. Round? Pick them in the first. I round. mean, 
I mean, Fred Flintstone used to eat this cereal, and then Barney used to steal it. <laughs> I thought he was talking about his daughter at first, but no, he was talking about his Fruity Pebbles. Barney, my Pebbles! Fruity I'm, Pebbles is the goat out there. What stole my pick. Tell me what better milk you have after you eat something. There's no better milk. The, the, the crunch is delicious. No. It's, it's great when it's soggy still. Fruity Pebbles, the my, goat of cereals. My biggest complaint was when it's soggy. It's like paper. You're literally oh, eating paper Come when on. it's soggy. Fruity I Pebbles hate, is delicious. I hate mm. Fruity and Cocoa Pebbles. Oh, you're, I will you're say wrong. this. I will say this. You're eating Herb, it too slow. Herb, you, you picked. There's a superior There's a superior Flintstone cereal out there that you did not pick. Oh, that, so. one, that wow. one's trash. I'm guessing it's cocoa pebbles. No. I'll take I'll take I'll take the large leap. I jumped to conclusion here. I that think it trash. might be cocoa pebbles. I kind of funny you say that because I'm on the clock right now. Take that trash. I love how you're the only person getting the. You're draft the only sound. person getting the sound effect. Well, he queued it up. It's his it's his prerogative. From post university. Oh god. With the second pick in the, well, his second pick uh, is in the last pick of the second round here. Coco Pebbles is off the board for Steven Nicholas. And I, I, Vinny, I, you said something that really st- stuck with me, and that was the milk afterward. You're 100% right. Or, I'm sorry, Herb, you said that. Yes. Uh, it's a term I've coined. It's called after milk. The after milk is what determines the quality of a cereal. It's what really gives it some legs. You know, my fiance does not drink the milk after she eats cereal. I was like, this is ridiculous. That's an odd move. Yeah, I was like, that's the best part of the cereal. Delicious food, and then you get a drink to wash it down. I'd say that's unethical. Yeah. For a lawyer <laughs> yeah. who just took her ethical uh, test, I, I'd say that's unethical. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, Stephen, Courtney. what do you got? Oh, yeah, that's right. I have a, yeah, a you got, you're, you're the Two draft picks, here. wow. You're following up. <laughs> Two picks, wow. Bonnie Bernstein has made an appearance into the, uh, the CHGO studio. Really great to have Bonnie. Uh, so back. i got to give credit to Casey for reminding me about this one. Uh, I'm going to go with French Toast Crunch next. Ooh, I'm yeah, unfamiliar okay. with that. Yeah. I would highly recommend so Someone it from starters. Ohio would bring up French Toast Crunch. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, what is French Toast Crunch? I was unaware of this cereal's existence. I'm, is that like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but just The second different? I'm done putting this graphic together, I know there's going to be people in the comments saying, oh, French Toast Crunch is amazing. You're oh, right, Oh, people Steven. love French Toast Crunch. French I've never had it. Yeah. I mean, I love French Toast, so it's not surprising. It, it is delicious. It's it's like little pieces of French toast and cereal. And the after milk is, once again, excellent on that one. I have a better cereal than that. That's literally like the same thing. All so right. I'll, I'll, Does it taste French I'll at all? Skip. Yeah. Wee uh-huh. wee. Oui, oui. I'm, I'm sure that people in the comments and people who are listening through the podcast are wondering where is the goat of their cereal? Where's their goat cereal? And I'm going to get you. They're greets. Nice. Ooh. Frosted Flakes. Their food. That's a good pick. Their food. Imitation uh, Frosted Flakes, too, with Terry the Tiger. (laughs) Good pick, Herb. It's a classic one. I'm surprised it went. I'm surprised it honestly went before Honey Nut Cheerios. No offense. I mean, Cheerios. Here's the thing Cheerios has the edge on Frosted Flakes because Frosted Flakes you have to eat in like 30 seconds or it's ruined. It'll get soggy. Yeah, it gets soggy quicker than any cereal. You have to down it. Or it's gone. Can I ask you guys before uh, we keep on going? Um, I saw somebody, and this is a big time thing on TikTok and all the rest of the uh, social medias. People are putting milk in before they put the cereal in. I'm like, that's dumb. No, hmm. it's really well, dumb. I'm a I'm a cereal. I wonder if that works. They they swear by that it. Works. I mean, like no. I'm I I don't do that, but I would be willing to hear someone out on that mm-hmm. on that take. I mean, it works. I mean, it's it's not like, you know. What, what do you have to be really specific about the order of operations you do it in? I mean, it's milk a two-ingredient no, meal. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, like, because would you, you put don't the spoon in third? All the or do you put the spoon in first and then pour you, the milk over? You got some of the top of the cereal not getting any of the milk. 
I do the milk spreading on all the pieces of the cereal, yeah, and you, then it filters on down. And then it filters on down. Yeah, you got to stir. You've got to ladle it anyway to you make guys, sure it gets you guys all got on bowls there. It's where fine. you're not filling up the bowl. I'm filling up the bowl, and so there's no room well, to stir, especially not with fruity pebbles. If I fill up the bowl of fruity pebbles, it's gonna be literally paper. Mm, it's gonna it's gonna shit. disintegrate Man, in the I bowl. Literally want some cereal. I haven't cereal in years. And I want some cereal right now. Herb, Herb's Herb, everyone's Herb, loving your pick right Herb's now. Herb's having a nice draft. Herb yeah, is having I, a nice draft. I don't, I don't um, I'm going to try to claw my way back into it with my third round pick, Cocoa Puffs. Okay. Mm. Which I love, love, loved when I was a kid. Um, you know, I think it's obviously the Reese's combines Cocoa Puffs and Peanut Butter Crunch. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you want, you want those, to experience those ingredients you know, Separately. by themselves before you come back to the middle right And I there. see what so, you did. You have both of those. I there. have both of them. So I, I feel like I got Reese's Puffs and spread spread the good stuff across my team. I feel like I'm a little bit more evenly distributed here. I think I've got a good a good good job. And Kevin Malloy is like, finally, Vinny. So he's been waiting for Cocoa You're Puffs. You're welcome, Kevin. Third picked. round steal right there. Yeah, Cocoa Puffs a is one. a good one. I would have gone Cocoa Puffs over Pebbles. Hundred percent. I, I, yes. I also would have yes. did that. If, if that Sorry, was Steven, no, your, your pick is trash. False. I like no, your Cocoa Pebbles has better after milk. It makes it makes it more chocolatey because of the smaller flakes. I disagree. I think the Cocoa Puffs it, it lasts longer. Yeah, they're absolutely. Absolutely. Stronger it's, it's balls, not little flakes. Yeah. I think I think it gives you better after. Ke- yeah, Ke- Kevin Malloy says the Cocoa Puffs is legit. The yep. after milk is fire. Yep, absolutely. I'm Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Nice pick. That's All right, Sean, you got two. I'm in a tough spot here because I have three that I want to go with. I have Life Cinnamon. I really, I really like life cinnamon. How old are you? Yeah, but let's say oh, okay. life, you're the cinnamon. life cinnamon. You're you're ripping me for having honey nut Cheerios, and you're over here eating life. Life cinnamon. It's different. Life cinnamon. All right, I'm not going life cinnamon now. Thank after you. This Try, actually, yeah, throw that shit in the garbage. <laughs> I'm going uh, out of post college. Is that what you said, Stephen? Out of post college, I'm going with another yes. cookie. Uh, oh my cereal. god! Hmm. Going Oreos. Oh, the this Oreos. Is a, the you, Oreos. I've ha- I had those. I remember liking those for a time, but I don't think in I don't think as an adult it would have the same effect. I have had them recently. They've they've re- they've recently re-ba- restocked the Oreos. This was a young uh, memory. I remember sitting at my dad's uh, you know breakfast table, sun coming through. Uh, you get that nice east light, uh, and, and you know you're able to it? just pound a bowl. Are you of in bo- Seattle bowl right now? Is the sun Oreos? And then uh, you know they they bring them back, and, and they, they still got it. Shout out to Oreos. Are you uh, Oreos not able to one. eat these if you're? Facing West? Is that no, the idea? No, you're not. Only <laughs> I just have a, a weirdly a very specific memory of just being in my dad's, uh, whatever, fucking kitchen. This, uh, is, a sweet, this is a sweet uh, team that you have. It's going to get even sweeter. I mean, you like, this what? team is, like, making my teeth hurt well, looking at it. Well, let's, let's just make it – let's give you cavities because I used to get cavities when I was a child, so my cereal choices Gee, is not going to surprise why. that. Also, what I've gone with is four cereals that hold up to milk. I'm not going to have any sogginess here. I eat fast enough, and if I eat any faster, I'll choke. I'm going Waffle Crisp. It's better than French You're Toast Crisp. What is going waffle, waffle Crisp? crisp. You ever had Waffle Crisp? I think is just the post version of uh, French Toast Crunch, but it was first. It I was better, and it was so pungenty. It smelled like syrup. It was fantastic. Mm. And you could kind of see the texture and the denseness of that cereal. Milk didn't even stand a chance. It was fantastic. Shout out to Waffle Crisp. I'm going Captain Crunch and Berries, Cookie Crisp, Oreos, and Waffle Crisp is my four. All right. Well, thank you. No problem. Because here's what I'm going to do. I'm not only going to pick a cereal that I enjoy, but if you've noticed, I've built a crack team of cereal mascots as well. 
<laughs> oh yes, we've got have. we've got Captain Crunch and and this unknown sidekick of this elephant, which I'm very excited about as well. Sure. We've got the Cheerios B, who is yeah, you know, whatever. He's he's, he's fine, but he but he's recognizable, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then we've got the uh, the the cocoa. Puffs bird, bird who's yeah. tremendous. Uh, I'm now going with arguably the best cereal mascot. No offense, Tony the Tiger. Toucan Sam and some Fruit Loops. Let's go that solid way. I think I've That's gone. I think right I've built a real, really good team that can stand up to anybody here, and I've got the mascots to prove it. I'm not a Fruit Loop guy. I don't I, like fruity cereals. They really never got it to me. Like Tricks, I think was the only fruity cereal that you could get me to to go for. I mean, all right. All right. Fruit Loops are pretty good. Uh, did, you, did you guys, uh, Smedley is the name of the elephant. Smedley? The, Smedley? Smedley the elephant. Terrible. Huh. All right. Like Medley, <sighs> but with an S in front. Got it. Okay. Smedley. Herb, you're on the board. I mean, I can go with one that people are obviously wanting here, but I will not say. Grape know, nuts? No, I will not go with grape <laughs> nuts. But I'm going to go with a, put these in quotes, healthy cereal mm, boy. that's not a good that's start not, yeah all right you're having a good all right you're, you're talking about out. the guy who just took all healthy cereal here we go this is and i guarantee people are gonna be like herb close it down frosted shredder, shredded wheats I, I knew that was the one frosted shredder, shredded earlier shredded I, that was the one i had I mean, oh mini I wheats? That. frosted yeah. mini wheats we, yeah. mini wheats whatever yeah, mini wheats are fine mm. especially if they're frosted, frosted. Yeah. yeah okay I mean, they, and they have different flavors. They have the original ones. They have the blueberry ones. They yeah. have the strawberry Just ones. regular frosted ones, not I, the strawberry. I, I, don't, I don't mind that one. It's the healthy option. It's healthy. I thought you were about to say kicks. And get, frosted. And yeah, and get through your, uh, get through your uh, body a little bit. I'm, I'm anti-texture yes, there. Bear, I was going to go with what you were talking about in Raisin Bran, but I don't know. I like Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran? I like Raisin Bran. I was going to go Raisin, raisin Bran Crunch there, but yeah. that, that might have to do an undrafted What is the Raisin Bran mascot? Come on. Uh, it's a sun. It's literally a sun The sun with raisins. the scoops? Yeah. That guy doesn't even talk. Yes, he does. What's his voice? Do his voice. Uh, That's his voice. That? It's like Bob Rorman. What? You want two scoops of raisins? That was the Bob Rorman lion. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's Bob Rorman. Ah, uh, it's... The Raisin Brand, son. All right, Steven, what do you got? Close us out. I, the fact that it made it all the way to the last pick of the draft is stunning to me. I think Herb was alluding to it just now. I'm going to go with the Leprechaun himself. Lucky Charles. Yeah. 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 You want to talk, yeah. talk about good mascots? That's yeah, he's a good best. mascot. Yeah. He's still no Toucan Sam, in my opinion. But he's good. I just don't like the marshmallows. You don't like the marshmallows? No. The marshmallows get too much, is what I think. too much. No, I mean, I think I'm not talking I, about, like, the ratio. I'm saying, like... If you eat Lucky Charms like every day, yeah. like by the fifth day of the week, you're like, all right, I've had my fill of up. these mushroom marshmallows. Well, and yeah. I think the oat is so disgusting. Just the actual taste of yeah. the oat. I'm yeah. not a big fan of the oat. They should do like a glazed. If like the yes. cereal itself was glazed like some so, of these other cereals, Lucky Charms would be better. My favorite Cheerio is the um, Frosted Cheerio. The Frosted sure. Cheerio, I think, is the best Cheerio out there. I mean, I the Honey to- Nut is, is glazed. It's glazed with honey. I don't taste it. Fred said you won this thing. You, uh, who? Fred up there, a little up, uh, Steven said. Did Vinny won it? Vinny dominated this. Right. Yeah, man, I, I got to be honest. I'm biased, but I think I did. Fred's going to dominate the league. We'll, po- yeah. we'll post the full draft Yeah, on we'll Twitter. have people vote. We'll have, we'll have a, a poll and everything. We got to finish it out, though. Steven, uh, you already finished this out, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah you just took a look at like like charms. charms. Right, yeah. so we'll take one more look at it. We'll get the poll going later. Steven went Reese's Puff, Cocoa Pebbles, French Toast Crunch, Lucky Charms, Herb went cinnamon toast crunch, fruity pebbles, frosted flakes, frosted mini wheats. Delicious. Vinny went mm. Captain Crunch peanut butter, honey nut Cheerios, cocoa puffs, and fr- uh, Fruit Loops. And I went Captain Crunch and berries, cookie crisp, Oreos, 
and Waffle Crisp. Who had the worst one in your mind? Vinny, we'll go uh, with you. You did, Sean. I say Sean has the worst team. Yes, yeah, Sean, you're Sean had bad. the worst one. You guys, all right, whatever. We're well, in the show. That's you asked. I did <laughs> ask, and then all of you said I was wrong. And we all were just going to really. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna sneak in here uh, a little appearance of the uh, son from the '80s Raisin Brand commercial and see what his voice sounds like. You weren't wrong. That sounded pretty. That sound. You were pretty close. <laughs> if he was, if you were gonna be the son, you'd have a voice like that. I think that's. I think that's what humans as a collective have agreed really? upon. Yes. <laughs> that I don't remember being a part of that vote, but okay. <laughs> I wasn't around. I wasn't alive. In the None 80s. of the monsters. No one took any monster cereals. No, those would be undrafted free agents. No conchocula. No booberry. I had a no Frankenberry. I would have gone probably no fruit brute. I would have gone. I haven't had fruit brute. I, that's the one I haven't had of the three. I think probably the best one is booberry. Booberry. Okay. You guys had. I mean, I was I, more of a Frankenberry. I mean, Count Chocolate. Yeah. Count Chocolate. Count Chocolate yeah. is tough to beat. Anyways, let's wrap this up. That's Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Man in the Middle is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And you can also follow Steven Nicholas on Twitter, but he will not give me his Twitter handle. Um, he was also a part of this draft. Thank you to produce, for producing the show and for participating in the draft. And we appreciate all of you guys for hanging out uh, in the chat as well for our serial draft. We will talk to you tomorrow to preview Dylan Cease versus J.P. Sears at 8 o'clock here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell to uh, be aware of when we go live tomorrow. But for Vinny, Herb, and myself, we will talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.